message series, and we're back to it this morning. I'm uh, reading again, if they are there, let's see if they are. All right, they're almost ready. We're going to take a look at uh, our very first overlay, uh, an article called, Now They Are Coming for the Bible. You know, they've attacked God, they attacked Jesus, they attacked scriptures. Now they're coming after the Bible. They want to take your Bible and say the Bible is completely wrong. we got to change it. And then they're publishing them and handing them out. So you have Bibles with whole chapters missing and so on. They're coming after your Bible. Now, <clears throat> before I read the, the portion, this is a wonderful article by Brother Marlar. I read a little of it last week. Today we're going to look at a different portion of it. But I want to answer, you must answer these two questions before presuming to change the Bible, all right? Now, are you ready? Everybody say praise the Lord. I know you're not awake uh, completely, um, but that's okay. Uh, I'm just going to go for it. I want you to think about it. Now, first of all, if the Bible that we've used for centuries is wrong, in other words, the Bible that we have, now we're told that it's wrong, and somebody out there, let's call them they, they need to find it so they can correct and fix it. In other words, they've got to go back and look at some ancient manuscripts. Now, folks, I have a degree in ancient language. Okay? Did that wake you up? No. That put you to sleep, see? And I can read. I can walk into a... I'm not, I'm not the greatest scholar in the world, but I can walk into a... I have a degree in ancient language. I read Latin. I read... Hebrew and I read Greek so I can walk into if if the Bible is in any of those three original languages now the originals are Greek and Hebrew but the earliest translation of the Bible was into Latin because the Greeks handed it over to the Romans and the Latin became the basis of the English language and so 2,000 years ago that's what was going on and so I can walk into a museum and look at any manuscript there is and I can read a document because I can read enough Hebrew. And, of course, I'm, I've had about eight years of Greek, so I can read a Greek document from beginning to end and f- figure almost everything in it out if I have to. And if I need a little more time, I can sit down and f- can't figure something out. We can find it. So uh, the, what they're telling us is that we have discovered something that now proves that the Bible's wrong and we've got to fix it. All right, so there's something we must answer. What about all the people? For 2,000 years, all right, these, before these brilliant minds, whoever they are, I'd like to meet them. I'd invite them to come and you know, just share with us. Before these brilliant minds came along to save God's word. That's the first question I have. You're going to save God's word because he couldn't save it himself because he didn't have a, you know, he wasn't, the Bible we've had all this time is wrong. Got to fix that. Now, one guy told me the other day, he said, well, you know, and I, you and I both know, Reverend, you, you and I both know it. We both have you know, knowledge of the Greek. You know that, the, that there's all kinds of problems and that they've made discoveries. I said, yes, but, but you didn't still haven't answered the question. Did God have a Bible or not? Could we trust it or not? If there's 10,000 mistakes in there, how can you trust that Bible? That's what I want to know. How can you do? Well, you can't trust those. You can't trust the mistakes. You just have to believe the Bible's in there. So I said, well, I'll toss a stake in the garbage can here, and you just trust me it's in there and see if that makes a difference. It makes no difference. If it's in the garbage can and you've got to search for it, it's just in there. Nobody's besides who's going to know if they ever really find it. 
Ah, okay. All right, some of you woke up. Some of you uh, are still working on it. Okay, now let's go, let's go to the next question. So if the Bible we've used for centuries is wrong and somebody's fixing it, then what about all the people? See, I haven't even really, I'm just wanting you to reflect on it. What, if, what does that say about 2,000 years of people and people preaching, but they didn't have a Bible that was right? What about them? What about them? Why did God wait? Why would he wait till the end of time? See, I believe the Lord. Anybody believe the Lord's coming? Why would we find out? Just sounds to me like somebody's been eating way too much pizza and pepperoni. Mm-hmm. Okay, number two. Is it really possible that God lost his word? Is that possible? So you have to answer this first. That's a, that has to be the very first thing. Um, and that these uh, brilliant minds are just now finding it somehow. Everybody say somehow, somewhere. In other words, we don't have to answer that right here. We, we, we could talk about it, but we're not going to. So somewhere, somehow, they found it. And then they knew that was the, that was the, the, that's the Bible right there. This one, uh, one of the big debates in our modern theology is, but how many knows there's nothing new about people attacking the Bible? They're coming after our Bible, though, in a whole new way, and the church needs to be aware of it. All right, so somehow, somewhere, some, one of the big, I've said this last time, I won't repeat much of it, but the big attack, of course, is on the woman taken in the very act of adultery, and then they brought her out, and they had the stones, and Jesus wrote, that's not in the Bible. Did you know that? They have taken it out of Bibles, not every Bible, but there are people taking, they're just chopping things out of the Bible. I want to tell you something. Well, I'll tell you something in a minute. That man is now doing what God failed to do. That is these men. That would have sounded better. In other words, that men today are doing what God could not do. They're finding the Bible, but God couldn't find, God couldn't find it at all. And if God is leading them, let's say you're going along, oh, we need to find the Bible, and you stumble, oh, oh, the Bible. And he's leading you. Why did he wait until 2016 to do that? I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. If you had a Bible, why do you wait over 2,000 years to help you stumble up on it in a sand dune? Uh, I don't know. It just sounds weird to me. Or is this just pure human arrogance to think that you have improved on God's word? I want to tell you something, folks. You cannot improve on God's word. And God is perfect. Praise God. He never lost anything. If it, listen, if he could lose his Bible, he could lose you. He could lose souls. He could lose track of almost anything. I mean, obviously, if you don't, can't answer this. Now, I know that's a setup because I've had people say, Tell, you're setting me up. You're setting me. I know I'm setting you up. And I want an answer. You're telling me I need to throw my Bible away for this intellectual pursuit of the Bible when I've already got a Bible. Hallelujah. All right, now let's go to the next one. Uh, here we go. Uh, this has a couple scriptures on it. Here we are. Now, I'm going to read from this article that I just read, which is entitled... Now they are coming for the Bible, which is very good. I ought to make copies of this. Uh, I really should have made it. It's that good. I just think you ought to have it. It's it's so well. It takes a certain ability to think through issues that are this complex and say them so powerfully. All right. Now, here we I'm going to read it. A few months ago, some would-be scholars jokingly said, the biggest miracle that ever happened to them was the fact that they got saved without having, with having only the King James Bible. 
I was shocked to find out that Acts 2.38 was that difficult when all it said was, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. By the way, everybody say praise the Lord. Now, I know we're a little deep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to relax here, but I'm, I know that's kind of deep. I know we're kind of deep here. I received a call because I, I teach Greek and Hebrew, and people sometimes come after me trying to, you know, see what I would say. Oh, 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 Sister French, don't let me forget to tell later about the missions, about the missions thing. Can you remember that? Put, put that in, in the top of the, you know. Okay, got it? All right. Now, where were we? Oh, I got a, I got a, a letter deal, this person, telling me that there was proof that the Acts 2.38 was incorrect. They found evidence in a, somewhere in a sand dune somewhere. I said, whoa, 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 I can't wait to see it. They wanted that they sent me this big thing about the Acts 238 is actually wrong in the Bible. You know, after all these thousands of years, God got, even got Acts 238 wrong. And I had just told somebody, now, if you think they're going to leave Acts 238 alone, that's the very thing they, <laughs> that's the very thing they're going for is Acts 238. And so I immediately sent it over and they said, get your shoes on. You got to start digging in the sand because they have found something that proves Acts 238 is wrong. Now, I'm not explaining why they think it proves it's wrong. I've not got, I've got time for that. We'd be all day long. But they've dug around, found something, proves Acts 238 is wrong, even though thousands of ancient manuscripts. Now, some of you are not listening to me. There is no book in the world more attested to than the words of the Bible. No, no, no. Shakespeare, they, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, okay. Cut that out. Cut that out of the, t- the back. Of, thank you. All right, now, we're going to start over. Shakespeare may have been an actual man or not. There are many scholars who are not absolutely certain that Shakespeare lived or if if that was his actual name. And his writings are disputed. There are uh, all kinds of Shakespearean plays, some of which were not. And what I'm trying to tell you is just as far back as that many hundreds of years ago, we're not absolutely sure about Shakespeare. And yet the Bible is so attested to that every word there are thousands of. You know why? Because Christians wrote it out as carefully as they could write. And the Hebrew Bible even more so. The Jews would copy it, and they had people that didn't. They were called scribes. They did nothing but copy the Bible. And if they made a mistake, start over. It might take them all month to copy it by hand, and and so that's long before printing. But what I'm telling you is, oh, how many are thankful for the word of God? All right, so so they were so excited to tell me that the Acts 2.38 might even be proven wrong. There are things even with Acts 2.38. I said, but you're talking to the wrong person because I don't think there are any mistakes in the Bible. No one's ever shown me proof of a mistake in the entire Bible. Now I've seen, oh, here's a document. Here's a document. What about this? What about these six, eight thousand over here? All these found all over the world and there's attested to for hundreds of years. Now you've found a little document and there's, oh, this is over here wrong and so on. I read Jerome or I read a Latin Vulgate and the Latin Vulgate has this in it. Well, uh, interesting. I think that's historically very interesting. But God's word is true. There's not a thing in God's word that any man will ever be able to change. Everybody say praise the Lord. You cannot change 
God's word. Now, someone said, well, I'm changing it. I didn't say you couldn't change it for yourself, but you didn't change God's word. You just made it your words. I'm talking about you coming up with God. Oh, here's God's words. I found God's words. No, you'll never do that. God's got them. He spoke them. He inspired them. Everybody say, praise the Lord. So, so the, of course, the, I'm being a little facetious, but of course, we're talking about the Bible here. We're not trying to be somebody. We're trying to defend the Bible. Now, two scriptures that, uh, no, no, wait, wait, wait. So I, I'm still in the, uh, the article here. Maybe the ye got them, or maybe it was ghost that made it so difficult. Of course, the real truth of the matter was to make fun of the horse and buggy couple plodding along with their old Bible on the seat between them. In other words, the Bible that has stirred the world for 2,000 years is suddenly discovered to be wrong, and somebody believes that. But it's not me. I don't believe it. I believe God's word is true. And you need to be very careful. Now, some people don't think, I, I've, I've been criticized for this. And I, hey, folks, I've been criticized because I'm going to stand. I'm going to preach holiness. I'm going to preach the word of God. I'm going to preach Acts 2.38. And I've had people say, we're not even letting you in this college if you believe in Acts 2.38 like that. Then I won't be coming here then. I had a university say, if you talk in tongues, you're not coming to this college. I was just studying Greek. I said, I'm just studying Greek. I'm not studying tongues. Yeah, but if you talk in tongues, you can't come to this college. I said, well, then thank you very much. I will not be coming to this college. I did go to the college. Because I had the money in my pocket. Someone had paid for my entire, what was it, year? The entire year. And when they, I said, well, here, let me rip this check up. They said, oh, that's, oh, that, 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 that. They almost talked in tongues. So I went there. I studied Greek there. I studied Greek there for uh, a while and uh, later went on and got, got a degree in Greek at another university. But the point is that God's word is true and he didn't write it just for somebody, to, some scholar to figure out who has no name. Uh, no, no, he didn't do that. He's given everyone his word. How many know that he's... He loves everybody. He gave everybody his word, and it's true. Now, Proverbs says this. Every word of God is pure. Can you just say that with me? Every word of God is pure. I'd love to spend time just talking about these two scriptures, but let's just read them. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Psalm one, Psalm 12, 6 and 7. Here we go. I'm going to read it. It's a little bit smaller. I want to squeeze it onto this page. The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth. Purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them. O Lord. Everyone say keep them. And thou shalt preserve them. Everybody say, preserve them. <laughs> He's going to keep his words. So he, he never lost anything. I mean, do you really think God could lose anything? No, of course, he, he couldn't lose anything. He couldn't even lose his... Uh, what am I always losing? Uh, I haven't lost my keys in so long, I don't even remember. My phone, my glasses, I don't 
Deus, mas... Where is my phone? I, uh, all right. Well, once in a while. I, so I lose things once in a while. But the Lord doesn't lose uh, anything. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. All right. Now, let's, let's keep going. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Now, Jesus' teaching contradicts this idea, the attempt to change God's word in three ways. So the three stars represent the three ways. This is a little, I I wanted to do this different, but I just did it real quick so we could look at it. It shouldn't have looked like this, but this is what it looks like. Jesus said, for example, look at Mark 7, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition. Everybody say the word of God. So Jesus said that the words that he was quoting in Mark 7, which we're not going to be able to get into for time's sake, but he was quoting it, and he said from the Old Testament that the Old Testament was the Word of God, making the Word of God of none effect through your tradition. So not that it merely contains his Word, all right? Um, Hallelujah, hallelujah, because this is the big answer why the Bible's because so, the questions I just asked you, now I'm going to give you the answer. 90% of the time, the answer is when you say, how could God lose his word? Oh, don't be funny. Tell me you're smarter than that. He didn't lose it. It's in there. See, that's what they say. It, it's contained in here somewhere. That's what they would say. So one guy I was talking to, I said, well, okay, let's, let's say, for example, it's in there. You know, it's in there somewhere. And, and I can kind of figure it out because I'm really smart. And so I go and I figure it out. And, oh, that's the word of God. Why don't we cut out the part that's not supposed to be in there? Why don't we just cut that out? Well, Bibles wouldn't sell if we did that. Why? Well, because people don't want their Bible cut into pieces. Because they're used to, they're just funny. They're just not smart enough to know. See? So you're smarter than they, that's what you're saying. You're smarter than most people and you can figure out what ought to be cut out and so on. So what they're saying is that the Bible is in there somewhere and you're supposed to, by the way, folks, what, what is that doing to a generation? Why do you think we're in the mess we're in in our culture? Because the Bible is being downplayed. Sin is being elevated. But God's word is still the same. Praise God. His, at revival, the word of God is still being preached. Amen. So Jesus called it the word of God. Can you say amen? Number two, Jesus said that the Bible is perfect. Now, here we go. If he called them gods in Psalm 82, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot what? Be broken. Now, I gave you the Greek there. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to spend any time here. We're in John 10. If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. And then there's a semicolon, all right? And I, you see the ellipses. I've cut it out so that I'm not going to look back. I'm just going to keep moving here. But the word broken is a, the Greek word that means you cannot nullify it. You cannot set it aside. In other words, if God spoke and he did... He called them gods, and that's Psalm 82. We could go to Psalm 82. We could take the Hebrew. We could compare it. If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. You're telling me 10% of the Bible ought to be raked out of there, and, and all of that's broken? Oh, it's a mess. Listen, if you, uh, if you drop a vase, can I call it a vase or a vase? Can I call it a vase? I would call it a vase then. All right. So if you drop a vase and it's made out of glass, let's say it's made out of uh, 
clear glass, a vase made out of clear glass. And let's say it's really big. Let's say it's about that big. And so you drop it. What's going to happen to it? It's going to break. Depending, of course, not if you drop it on a pillow, but you see what I'm saying. If you drop it on the ground, a hard cement, it's going to break. And what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to get the pieces out of there. And so that's what they're telling us. God couldn't handle it. A lot of things in there we got to scrape out of the Bible. Hey, I want every bit of it. Hallelujah. I want the word of God in my life. Every bit of it. You can't nullify. No, no, no. Some of you are not getting it. Oh, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I, Lord, I, uh, it's way too early to be feeling the Holy Ghost this strong, Lord. All right, now listen, listen, listen. If 10% of the Bible is wrong by Mr. Mr. Bright Mind, all right? That means he has just nullified 10% of the Bible, right? That's what he's tried to do is nullify 10% of the Bible. Number three. The scriptures come from God himself, guaranteeing, therefore, their absolute inerrancy, accuracy, dependability, and certainty of fulfillment. Now look at Luke 18. Then he took unto him the twelve and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things, everyone say all, that are written by the prophets, Concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. So I asked Mr. Bright Mind recently. So you think a big chunk of Zechariah is mistaken and you've changed it. How do you explain this? That Jesus said all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. In other words, what's written on that page is God's word, and it will of a certainty come to pass. What am I trying to tell you this morning? Whatever's written in this book, it is going to come to pass. And you cannot nullify it by trying to rake it out or saying, I don't agree with that. Let's clap our hands and praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you what he said to me. Mr. Brightmind, what he said to me. He said, you're being closed-minded. You're being closed-minded. That's what he said. All right. So, and I said, yes. I refuse to believe God's word is broken. It cannot be broken. I refuse to believe it. Uh, it. Now, he said, even if I showed you, no, 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 no. If you showed me proof that my mind and I could say to God, here is absolute proof. And what am I going to do? I take it to God. But even then I would be very careful because what if you manufactured that? See, I'd have to be careful until I was able to prove it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so anyway, I'm enjoying this. Now let's go to the next one. Here we go. Now we're going to look at Romans 12. Is that too small? Um, we're going to talk about five, our first five steps here in, uh, in, in getting a grasp on the Bible. Everybody say praise the Lord. Can we just lift our hands and give God praise for just a moment? Thank you, Lord, for the sweet presence of God that we feel. And we love you, Lord. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I really do. I feel the Lord. I'm so thankful because I'm concerned about, well, I'm concerned about our world. I was, uh, I was praying about this the other day. I was telling the Lord, you're coming. People are going to be lost by the millions, and I'm going to go in the rapture. I just feel so 
uh, desperate, Lord. What do I do? How do we do it? What are we supposed to do? And the Lord spoke to me. I shouldn't be talking about it this morning, but he, he spoke to my heart and he said, Talmadge, do you think I don't know that? And I was, because I was informing the Lord, you know. I was just, you know, helping him out. How bad things were. And how uh, laws were being passed to destroy Christianity's under attack and they're dying on, uh, listen, Christians are dying. I'm getting, uh, I'll tell you a little more about that in a minute. We're, we've got an invitation. The, I'm so excited about it, I can hardly stand it. And uh, the Lord said, I've known all of this from the beginning of time. You are not informing me of anything. So you need to get back on your knees right now and surrender to my will. And I want to tell you something else he said to me. I wouldn't dare have said it here, but I'm going to say it. I feel it under the unction of the Spirit. The enemy that says we cannot make a difference because we're just one little teeny church in Atlanta, I beg to differ. Because God could use one little man to build a boat and change the whole world. You say, well, it's the end of time. It's too big. It's too big. It only takes one man or woman that God puts his anointing on to change the world. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I want to tell you something else the Lord told me. I'm going to bless you. If you defend and preach my word, I will bless you. If you do not defend my word, I will not bless you. And I've committed myself. I've had people call me and say, you've got a six or eight year degree in ancient language. How dare you defend the Bible? You know good and well the Bible's full of errors. That, that, that calls into, uh, one, one guy said, that calls into question your this or your what. I forget what he said. I had to check it out. Calls into question my degree or whatever that was a way of saying you you you're not who we thought you were because you're not siding with us folks that's how bad it is that's how bad this world has gotten but guess what i've made up my mind hallelujah i'm gonna love him i'm gonna praise him i'm gonna preach his word praise god praise god praise god Oh, my goodness. Amen. So Romans 12, we're looking at five concepts here. And if we can get through them, woo, if we do, it'll be a miracle, be a miracle almost to the extent of, well, beyond belief. Here we go. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? And so it is. We, we, don't, we don't need the world to tell us. It's very powerful. I know some of you think it's just mundane, but it's very powerful. We do not. I've got a whole, God's been literally raking me over about worldliness. Why we don't need worldliness. We don't need to look like the world. We don't need to act like the world. We need to be holy. We need to be what God ordains us to be. Somebody was talking to me and I'm, I'm going to be, Lord, help me. This is on tape. Help me, God. Help me, God. Help me, God. 
They weren't sure if we should care about whether someone changes their sex or their orientation because what does it really matter in the end? They're so troubled. People are so concerned. They can't even figure out if they want to be a boy or a girl. Folks, let me tell you, if you don't see where this world is going, then you're in serious trouble. It is time for the church to let God be God and listen to the voice of God. If, if, okay, I'm, I'm, I can't stop, all right? If you won't listen to it for yourself, please do it for your children. The Lord is coming, and we need to be transformed And that transformation leads us to uh, living as God would have us live. All right, so number one is to use consistent common sense rules to interpret the Bible or to find out its meaning. Now, let's go to the next one. I got a couple seconds here. I'm going to see how far I can go. Number one, all... Teaching and doctrine must derive directly from the truth of God's word. Can you say amen? So all teaching must come from the word of God. Um, do you understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Uh, for example, I preach. I want to I'd say I can't. These are profound things, but yet uh, I don't want to get bogged down. And I'm, and, and I'm at the t- I'm very end here of a lesson, so I need to be careful. But um I preach, for example, okay, I'm going to say it. I'm I'm just saying, I preach against television as a worldly influence on people's lives. Now, I don't preach against them like I don't believe in them as though they don't exist. I know they exist, and I know they're in almost 99% of people's homes. What I preach against is the garbage and the filth that comes through television. Someone said, but the word television is not in the Bible. Okay, see, that's my point. Where and how is it that you can preach against something? For example, I preach against the use of Internet and computers for filthiness, pornography, garbage, whatever it may be, or or hooking up with people that are, and you're sneaking around on your husband or wife. I preach against it. And yet there's nothing in the Bible about computers, period, nothing. They weren't even invented yet. See? So how can you do it? Because when you interpret the scripture, you apply the principles that you find in the word of God. Everybody say praise the Lord. You you apply them. And uh, what the Bible states is true. And if it accepts it, then we must accept it. For example... I'm finding more and more of those that are so impressed by the dinosaur bones in the earth that they're not quite sure if God really made the world. One guy told me the other day that, that uh, we, we, might, we might could have, God may have created us through evolution. I said, well, why would he need to do that? He didn't, we didn't need God for that. The, the atheist believes that there's evolution without God. Why would you apply God to evolution? There's no point in it except to think you're really cool. And it's really not cool at all because then you've told God he's not what he said he is and you'd rather listen to the world. But hey, how many knows that we need to listen to what God says? Hallelujah. Come on. Let's praise him one more time. Father, help us today to find strength in your word and power. 
We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Let's, let's stand. I, I, I want to keep going, but I, I don't dare. Let's, uh, let's stand together, shall we? We're going to have the praise team come, but before they do, uh, we must accept what God accepts. If it states it is true, it's true. If he says he created the world, then he created the world. If it said that he healed the person, then he healed them. If he said he parted the waters, then he parted the waters. You'd be surprised, people that want to be oh real spiritual, but oh God, could that that's not possible? Exactly, that that's the point. It's not possible. He only God could have parted the Red Sea, my friend. Hallelujah! By the way, this world this world needs God. Now I know, I know, I know. You say, brother, Finch, you're preaching against the times because the times we already know the Antichrist is on the way and so forth. I know that. So what's the point in preaching? Because there's a mighty revival in this land and it is stirring people right now. Could you lift your hands and let's pray for souls that God will allow the word of God to break into people's lives. Father, we thank you today because your word is true. We ask God that the truth will penetrate people's souls, that they'll be convicted of sin. And Lord, not not overnight. They're not just going to become a superman tomorrow, but I pray that their lives will be changed. One sermon, one message, one Bible verse after another, their lives will be impacted. And I pray that sin will be destroyed. Lord, and the devil will be destroyed and we give you praise for it in jesus name can we just clap our hands one more time what a beautiful beautiful time we're having praise god i want to i want to live the way he wants me to live praise god i want to do what he wants me to do i believe what he wants me to believe because he is so good and what's amazing to me is people take drugs, you know, teeth falling out, and they're all for that, but God wants them to believe that there's an invisible angel somewhere. Whoa, that's a ridiculous. How could you believe in an angel? Well, how can you believe in putting stuff in your mouth and your teeth falling out? Well, that's because I love these drugs, man. I need these drugs. Well, yeah, I know, but, but you're, you're, you're sitting there criticizing the Bible, and you're sitting here putting garbage into your... You're killing yourself. But guess what? I'm fixing to lay hands on you, and I'm going to pray God will deliver you. Is that all right? And they may be about to say, no, but I don't wait too long. All right, I'm praying for you right now. They they need to speak up quick because I want to tell you, it's time to start praying. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All right, I'm done.